Grab your boots and follow me to Hawk's Peak. Welcome to episode seven of the Analog Sticks podcast, where this week we're hanging out on a small island park and enjoying the vibes in an incredible indie game, A Short Hike. Let's go. Woo! I love this game. This one is all my suggestion. I made Russ play this. Let's go. All right. Welcome back to the Analog Sticks Podcast. Thank you guys very much for joining us this week. If you're a returning listener, a new listener, whoever you may be, thank you. Don't forget to subscribe. (laughs) If you guys are a returning listener, though, you may notice that this is the episode immediately following a Simpsons hit and run. Mm -hmm. So for you guys, this is the next week. But for us, uh, this is immediately after the hit and run. That's can number... Two or three? Two. Two. We had a, we had a drink beforehand. I had one during The Simpsons. I'm having one now. Letting loose on a Saturday, you know? Oh, this is getting good. <laughs> it's going to get even better. I had to pee so bad at the end of the last episode. <laughs> you know how that goes. But uh, <laughs> here we are, episode two, and I haven't learned my lesson yet. See if you can hear it in his voice at the end of the previous episode. I, I've got a feeling I'm just going to deteriorate slowly. We'll, we'll see how this goes. But this week we're covering a short hike. Cody, uh, I know you liked this game because you really wanted to cover it. I'm glad you did. This is a beautiful game. Um, I first found this game uh, right right around the time of the pandemic, and I was super depressed and stuff. And this game just made me feel better. And that's something special, you know? This is the first game I've ever felt was really just an escape from the world it was like so the character claire is basically on an island because there's some stuff we're going to get into with the story in a little bit here Mm -hmm. but she's on an island and essentially she starts exploring as an escape briefly and yeah from her own life we kind of go on that same journey and at the end it's like dang this really was just an escape and i had a great time with it this I'm already is, deteriorating. This is one of the only games that I I will reset it and just play through the whole thing again at least twice a year. Because I just love it so much. It's it's a very good game. Props to the developers. I believe was it developer. Just, developer. I believe it was just one guy. I was about to say that. Did an amazing job just capturing a great experience. I don't know how else to describe it without going ahead and getting into the story, so. Yeah, do we want to jump in? What do you say? I have written a burn. This one feels unnatural, especially considering the game takes place in nature. (laughs) Because it is a different kind of story. And I don't know if I'm going to exactly nail it, and it might be very muddled, but I have a burn prepared. You're going to critique it afterwards, I'd imagine, because if it's deserved, it's deserved. Ah, an age-old trope of being less than thrilled to leave the city for some time with nature. Claire and her mother approach the ferry in the car, and we next find Claire hanging out on an island with her aunt. But just like getting ready to propose, Claire is looking for a ring. She then reaches the conclusion that she'll get better cell signal atop the mountain, and after some quality time running wild with Bear grills and engaging in dreaded conversations with the locals, we find ourselves surrounded by the northern lakes atop the peak of the mountain. 
but what's this? She must have liked it because she finally got her ring on it. And we get a nice conversation with our mother. But just like the twist of a knife in your gut, we found out our mother had surgery. But she's okay and just glad we enjoyed ourselves. After gliding back down the mountain, taking in all the views, and sharing the tale of our journey, a short hike is quickly concluded. Beautiful. That's, that's the burn. It's a very short, simple story. The game itself is short. Um... You can, if you're not trying to explore every nook and cranny, how fast would you say you could beat the game? If you're not trying to explore every nook and cranny, I'd say you can beat this game in a handful of minutes. If you're really trying, I'm going to pull up speedrun.com for it just because I really want to see. Oh, yeah. I was trying to kind of get through it on the little on the quicker side. I, I ended up really diving into it and taking a whole bunch of time just exploring and experiencing everything I could possibly find to experience within this game. I had a great time with it, but the world record is two and a half minutes to answer yeah. your question. Yeah. You can really just burn through it super quick. I mean, there's a lot of times that are all right there, two and a half minutes, but this is a game, while you can beat it in less than three minutes, mm -hmm. you never should. There is so much fun to be had. There is. There's fun to be had. Um... Despite it being a few minutes, I think it's an emotionally impactful game in a way that a lot of games try and just can't quite reach. Um, man, how do we want to how do we want to approach how we talk about this? I say we kind of just cover the story and talk about some of the characters and the world design first, and then yeah. really get into how it played into us. Because I felt amazing after playing this game. I didn't want to put it. I didn't want it to end. I didn't want to put it down. Yeah. So we'll walk through it. Uh, I guess just as you experience it while you're playing the game. So. The story is what you said, super simple. You can say it in a few minutes, but there's a lot of stuff and a lot of stuff you do in between and a lot of people you get to encounter. Uh, so you start out actually in... no people, just gonna interject that real mm -hmm. quick. This game takes heavy inspiration from Animal Crossing. Oh, yeah. And a lot of the, not a lot, all the characters are little humanoid animals and it's really neat. I love the influence it took there and it feels great. Yeah, your main character ah oh, shoot, what's her name? Claire. Claire. Uh, your main character, she's, if you've played Animal Crossing, she's a bird type. She's got, you know, the round head, the wings. Maybe more of a penguin almost, but she's definitely almost. not a penguin. Mm -mm. Almost like Jay, who is one of the best villagers by far. I'm not familiar with Jay, but I'll take your word for that. <laughs> <laughs> so you start out kind of on the side of the island, outside of the ranger's cabin that your aunt lives in. Well, before that, there is a little bit of an intro scene. It's nothing, oh, okay. it's nothing yeah, yeah. crazy, but... The intro, the title screen is, says a short hike, and it's a little sedan, probably a hybrid car, honestly. Pixelated graphics, not like pixel art, but it almost looks like DS level graphics to me, maybe 3DS. So the way it works is the whole game is 3D rendered with really sharp polygons, uh, and then a filter is put on to make it pixelated. If you go into the options, you can actually turn down that pixelation effect. I didn't know that. That's actually pretty neat, but it... it it starts out, you're in this hybrid car with your mother. Well, you assume it's your mother at the time. Yeah. You don't exactly know. And she's telling you, oh, it's going to be so much fun. You're going to go to the island. And Claire is in the back seat, just kind of like, yeah, it's going to be great. Looking forward to it, whatever it may be. And first off, I got the vibe that Claire was kind of just your typical, like, bratty city girl. Yeah. I'm one of nature. You know, I want to stay on the phone and talk to my friends all day. Yeah, that's the that's what it gives off. We, click, we quickly find out that that's not the case. And the way they do that is by showing you on the cabin, like you'd said. You walk out, and there's your Aunt May, Ranger May, we will say. She's the park ranger. Mm-hmm. 
and she's telling you kind of like, hey, you're waiting for a phone call all day. You're on this beautiful island. Why don't you go explore? You might get good cell signal at the top of the mountain. It's only a short hike. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she tells you. That's what gets you to leave the cabin and to actually go outside. Um, the first couple people you meet tell you a bit about some of the mechanics of the game. It's almost like a 30-second tutorial. They tell you <laughs> how the buttons work, basically, and it's yeah. nothing crazy. You have a jump that leads into a glide. Eventually, you unlock the ability to run. Mm -hmm. You unlock the ability to climb and a couple of other things I feel like I'm missing. Yep. It and might then, be just that, actually, because you get your menus on every other button. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, your basic actions are walk, run, jump, glide, and fly, depending on how many feathers you have. And feathers are items you find throughout the game that give you... Ex it, it's like the stamina wheel in Breath of the Wild. More feathers means you can climb higher, fly higher life longer all that exactly um so you run through you get to the beach and already you meet some really charming people in this game oh yeah i mean to start out you meet i mean there are the tutorial people like you're saying who just kind of tell you what it is but the first character that really stuck out to me was a little bird named jen <laughs> another bird she's like basically she says go collect shells for me and then demands it yeah just you're just like uh okay and you go and you can collect the shells i didn't turn them in until later and i was kind of like i didn't know i'd already talked to her because stuff was blending together at the beginning before mm -hmm. i really embraced what is a short hike but you get 15 shells and you give her the shells and she's like okay thanks <laughs> and that's it yeah. and you're just kind of there like do i get anything for it and she's like no did i say you were gonna get anything for it well no and you're not getting anything for it. But I do have something else you can do if you want. <laughs> and then she tells you to go deliver something to your aunt. Your aunt gives you a feather and you can go back. And she implies a reward before sending you on this mission. And the reward is just two-thirds of the shells you gave her. Yeah. <laughs> it's just charming interactions like that all throughout. We're not going to do it justice by talking to talking to you about it. This is definitely a game you really have to experience for yourselves. No matter how much we say or do here, mm -hmm. there's still going to be a lot to be had with this game, and it's definitely worth diving into. Now, you bought it just recently. How much is the game? I believe it's only like seven or eight bucks, maybe nine. Yeah. It's it, nothing crazy. Super cheap, super worth it. Um, and spoilers, I'm going back to it eventually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I think one of the next really memorable characters you meet <laughs> is the the shovel frog i love this say. character this was the first time this game made me like <laughs> slow down and be like oh this is this kind of game huh i yeah. i love the shovel frog he's on a little beach bay area on the edge of the island right there by the start and he's got a big shovel on the ground next to him and much like animal crossing you see things that clearly need to be dug up little like star shapes dug into the ground a little yeah. bit it's like there's something there i just need a shovel he has the shovel, and you're like, hey, can I borrow your shovel? He's like, no, I need my shovel to build sandcastles, bro. And you're like, you know that they make toy shovels to build sandcastles, right? He's like, nah, that sounds fake. <laughs> yeah, that's, the, that's the exact line. You tell him that they make small shovels. He says, that sounds fake. <laughs> so naturally, you do your exploring, and as you progress, you will eventually find a toy shovel. Yep. <laughs> and I'll let you cover this a little bit more. <laughs> so you give him the toy shovel, you get your normal one, you have the shovel unlocked. It's another mechanic. You get to dig stuff up. Um, uh, this frog guy, what you need from him is done at that point. 
but you definitely want to keep coming back to him. A couple of times, actually. (laughs) Yeah, as you go through the game, he has a couple different stages because he keeps building sandcastles and never stops. Eventually. And you can go visit... Eventually, he'll stop. But in the meantime, you can go visit him and check up on how he's doing. Um, You did a great job of explaining it to me the other day. So, (laughs) essentially, you come back after a few minutes. I don't know exactly what triggers this after you've gotten the shovel. But you go back, and he's got probably five or six good, solid sandcastles built up. Mm -hmm. You say, wow, really building some sandcastles, huh? He's like, yeah, now it's a city, and I'm running for mayor. Oh, and and here the votes are in. Three, two, I came in third place. (laughs) I built this town. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So now he's extra salty. He's like, that's it. I got to get back to work or something like that. I don't know the exact lines. But he did not win mayor of the sandcastle town in which he built. And (laughs) it was just a wholesome interaction that I absolutely loved. And then you leave, you can come back a little bit later, and there's even more sandcastles. He's essentially built up this whole section of the beach into sandcastles. Mm-hmm. And you're like, hey, city's coming along nice. He's like, yeah, it's not a city anymore. Now it's a Providence. And I'm going to run for dictator of the Providence, and then I'm going to lay waste to that town. And, <laughs> and he's got some more kind of wholesome lines. He's like, first order of business, free candy for everybody. Second order of business, I rule with an iron thumb. I'm now in charge of your town or something. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to tax their <laughs> residents extra. I don't know exactly what it is, but he runs for president. And then after that, I think he gives you a gold feather somewhere around there. I'm not exactly mm-hmm. sure, but it's it's a great interaction with him. I love Shovel Kid. You can keep progressing down the beach and eventually find the rock climbers. <laughs> and they're the first set of characters uh, where the characters themselves move. So you'll encounter them later in the game in different areas. Um, only once, though. <laughs> Uh, a couple times. Oh, it is a couple times? Yeah. Okay. For these guys, they give you your tutorial, how you rock climb. Um, the There's two of them. There's one who's a rhinoceros and the other who's a squirrel. Right? Yes, I believe so. The squirrel guy is super confident. Um, not he's only climbing he, up the big wall. Yeah, he's climbing up the big wall. He's like, I can do it. He's like, not any, not just anyone can do it. You know, we're some of the best around. <laughs> this was another one of those moments where the dialogue really stood out and made me laugh. He's like, it's an elite club with members all over the world. And then he's, and then the rhino's like, yeah, and both of us are really into it. He's like, no, all of us around the world. <laughs> and he's kind of, they're going back and forth with it. And the squirrel's trying to be all like, we're better than we are. Like trying to brag and beef it up. And he's climbing up and down this wall. And when you see them later, <laughs> when you see them later in the game, a little bit up the mountain, you see the rhino <laughs> atop a peak. Mm-hmm. And would you like to let them know what the squirrel's doing? <laughs> The squirrel is trying to climb up and just can't. And He's the rhino scared. Yeah, the rhino's like, I can help you up, dude. And the squirrel's like, no, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. <laughs> um, I love them. Uh, these two characters, to me, they represent the two biggest attitudes you see in a lot of fandoms or hobbies. You have the chill guy, like the rhino, who's the happy. guy really enjoys it and mm-hmm. is just there to have a good time and do what he likes doing. And he's happy to, like, show you how to do it and have you become a part of it, too. And he wants to share what he's passionate about. Yeah. Kind of like we're doing right now. We're passionate about these kinds of games, and we want to just tell you about it because we like them. Yeah, and, and then Squirrel Guy lives and breathes rock climbing, and that's all his personality is, but he's so exclusive with it. He's like... He can't fathom the idea that you might be able to climb as well as him. <laughs> and then at the end, you end up being able to climb better than him. Oh, yeah. And all of a sudden, he's super humble. Very. Much more humble than he was. 
we're going to continue to work through these NPCs. You keep walking down the beach. You find a kid who tells you some rumors. It's nothing crazy. He's like, yeah, there's this one guy who got a metal detector. And now he's going crazy looking for treasure. It's like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, that's what happens when you get a metal detector. And eventually you meet Ranger John. And I believe he gives you either your first or second golden feather or something like that. Yeah, he's a great little guy. He's just a chill dude sitting on the sitting at the Ranger's hut. Sells you a cool hat. Sells you a cool hat. I wore the hat. It's just like a regular ranger hat, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Not not quite a mounty hat from if you're from Canada, you know what I mean, maybe. I don't know. If you're not from Canada, you've probably seen the imagery of it. Mm-hmm. He gives you a hat. <laughs> then there's a guy who's asking for a watch. There's a little story I'll tell you a little bit later. There's another NPC that ties into him. Mm-hmm. And there are just some characters all throughout that tell you a little bit about stuff going on. But then there's the painting guy, and I think you can really do him justice. <laughs> Uh, for me, the uh, I'd say the painting kid is my favorite character. Uh, just I like the frog. The shovel frog is my favorite. Shovel frog is great. <laughs> the painter kid is great because he's one of the characters that has, uh, I'd say, a, a very emotional little side story. Yeah. Uh, you first meet him, and he's he is just painting, you know, some landscape. What he loves. He tells you about this cool little art show that he gets to be a part of. Um, out off the island, you know, uh, in some bigger city, and he's pretty nervous about it because this is the biggest thing he's ever been able to be a part of, and so he's trying his best to to paint the best painting that he can. Um, should I just go through his whole thing throughout? Yeah, the go story? for it. Go for it. Uh, as you go through the game, you'll meet him a few times in different places, and every time you meet him, he's just getting more and more nervous about this whole the show um every place you go to he's he's like i'm not getting the inspiration that i need i'm not feeling it and he's stressing about perfectionism at this point Mm -hmm. too which is something i feel everybody can relate to to a certain level yep i mean i was i mean obviously we're doing this podcast now and this is something i'm passionate about and i want to improve my abilities and i listened to something a couple days ago actually that really kind of struck home with me it's like the pursuit of perfection often leads you to nothing good in the yeah. sense that you're just doubting yourself and trying to spend so much time becoming perfect that you stop enjoying the things you enjoy. That kind of hit home with me now, and this kid's experiencing that same thing. He's trying to be so perfect in what he's doing and try to find the best possible thing he can make, and he's just kind of losing what made him enjoy it in the first place. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's something we all relate to. But you progress, then, he's still trying to find his inspiration, as you were saying. Yeah, and then you get to the end of his little story, and your character, Claire, just has this great little piece of advice. Absolutely wonderful. She points out, well, you, you've you already been invited, right? This gallery, it's not any kind of competition. They, you've already been selected to be a part of this. So that says they already like what you do. You know, they... Um, shoot, do you remember what the the actual line was? I can't tell you off the top of my head, unfortunately. Go but, play the game and find out. <laughs> yeah. And it's along the lines of you're trying to be perfect when you doing your own unique thing is the best you can do. You know, mm-hmm. perfect... The, the, the painter was trying to be perfect in the eyes of other, other people and trying to do something that they were not able to do. They're trying to do a style they couldn't do. Um, you just have to kind of remind them at the end of the game, you're like, the, the thing you do best is what you do and the stuff that got you selected. Just keep doing you and you're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. 
uh, the game says it much more eloquently, but I, I hope you, the audience, gets what I'm getting at. It really kind of struck a chord, and I felt it in my chest, and it felt... Mm-hmm. It really made, there's a, there's several moments like this. The main story actually has a big one we're going to get to here in a little oh, bit. Mm-hmm. And everything just hits home so well, and it just feels really good. I can't get over how good this game feels and how good it feels a part to be, how good it feels to be a part of this world. Uh, much like the next character I'm going to touch on here, Picture Guy. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a name or anything, but it's a little fox, and he's passionate about photography. And he's telling you, I'm going to get to the top of this mountain, and I'm going to take some good pictures from the peak. And you see him a couple times throughout, climbing towards the summit, and he gets near to the top. He's like, I can't make it the rest of the way. I need to borrow golden feathers if that's okay. Well, he doesn't say I need to borrow them. He's like, I, I, I don't have enough ability. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know how. You lend him some golden feathers if you're available, and he does make it to the top. Takes a great picture of you, and then takes some pictures of the scenery like he really wanted to. And... I don't know. It's just kind of like a sweet exchange that I can't do justice here. Um, there's just a lot of stuff like that all throughout where it's just these characters make you feel emotions and they strike chords within you that really feel good and you feel like you're actually helping somebody and making their day a little bit better. Like, I felt like I made that fox's day when yeah. I lent him some golden feathers. I think this story, this little uh, thing here with the fox too does a great job at something I think the whole game is getting at. And it's the idea that you you need help, you know, no matter what you're doing. Um, I think it's easy to think that you there's things you have to do yourself or that only you're responsible for. But really, everything is just so much easier and nicer when you reach out for help and work together with other people. Definitely. And there's a lot of that. This isn't the only exchange we see that with. I mean, mm-hmm. going into the next ones we have on the list here, Sue and Taylor. Sue is a little rabbit who's entered the marathon that's taking place on the island, mm-hmm. but she lost her lucky headband. It's a red headband. It's somewhere in the forest. We don't know. When you go in the forest, you find a turtle who's running around wearing a red headband. And you ask the turtle, like, hey, did you just find that? And the turtle's like, no, I've had this headband for years. Why? Mm-hmm. What's going on? hey, yeah, the rabbit kind of just lost her headband and it looks similar. And he's like, oh my god, I love that rabbit. I mean, I'll part with the headband. I don't care. It doesn't mean anything to me. And it's got to be mentioned, the rabbit idolizes the the turtle. When you go back, you go to give the rabbit the headband and she's like, oh, this isn't mine. The sweat stains aren't right. And you're like, (laughs) gross. And then the rabbit's like, like, I'm not even joking. I'm not paraphrasing here. The rabbit goes, oh, that's not mine. The sweat stains aren't, the sweat stains don't match. And then you, you, you literally just say, Oh, that's gross. (laughs) And then the rabbit's like, well, I appreciate it anyways. Where'd you get this, though? And then you tell her, hey, yeah, the turtle running through the forest got it. Oh, my God, that turtle? No way, this has got to be four times as lucky. I'll take it. Thanks. (laughs) And they're both just really excited to be helping each other, and it's that kind of mutual admiration. I think oftentimes people within professions or communities or anything Mm -hmm. will have for each other, and it kind of conveys a deeper message in that sense. Again, I can't do it justice here. Play the game, and you'll understand what I'm saying. This whole game would really benefit from us being better literary analysis. I'm not an English measure. I'm not English. I don't do the English. <laughs> no, I'm not an English major. I got my associates in arts and bailed and Cody's engineering student, kind of. <laughs> STEM education. STEM education. There you go. So we're not very eloquent with our words, <laughs> but you know what? We like this game. <laughs> Oh, next yep. guy we want to talk about. 
permit guy. This guy just made me laugh. He's like a, a, a cat holed up in like a little tiny crevice in the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> like he's not easy to find. He could be missed. I could see somebody could miss him, but this cat's just chilling in a little crevice with a camp and with the campsite set up. And you go to talk to him. I'll let you do this if you remember. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to remember. I it, so I I didn't play the game this last week. I just I've just played it so many times. I know the general gist. So I'm trying to recall the exact dialogue for a lot of this. Um, but it's something along the lines of him just freaking out immediately as soon as you walk up. Just like, sorry, no. Does he admit he, he got the permit right away? <laughs> the first thing he does is, hi, how are you? I'm not doing anything illegal. I promise. And you're like, okay, <laughs> dude, you all right? He's like, no, 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 this is, this is definitely a legit campsite. I promise. And then he eventually does quickly come around to admit, okay, yeah, I don't have a permit. Can you just not tell the rangers? And you're like, okay whatever dude but come to find out he actually did have a permit yeah he lost <laughs> oh <laughs> before he tells you that he actually lost his permit he tries to bribe you because he thinks you're a ranger yeah and all, all he does is hand you a handful of worms <laughs> and you're like are you trying to bribe me with worms right now <laughs> he's like they're not worms they're bait they're fish bait you can use them while you're fishing <laughs> And then he does tell you he did have a permit and lost it. And eventually, if you use the bait and go fishing, you can find the fish that ate his permit. Mm -hmm. And when you go back, naturally, he gives you the rest of his bait. <laughs> Just more worms. It's a great little neat storyline ties to a neat end there, but people get stressed out about something they, where they did it right, but something doesn't go appropriately. Yeah. And I mean, I'm probably making a deeper meeting than that than it needs to be, but it's, oh, it's no, just a fun little storyline. The dialogue made me laugh. I think this game is soaked in deeper meetings and themes, you know? Um, it's totally all about... I mean, he gives off that vibe of he's worrying so much more than he needs to. <laughs> yeah, because... I think that's what it's all about. And that, I mean, if you lose your permit, odds are they can check the records and find your permit generally. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's not really anything too crazy. Additionally, I mentioned fishing. There is a guy named Bill who gives you a fishing pole at the lake mm -hmm. and teaches you how to fish. And the fishing in this game is kind of fun. It's different from Animal Crossing, but similar, where the bobber goes down a couple times and when they like really yank it, you have to press and hold your fishing button and walk backwards. <laughs> and you eventually get your fish. And... There's more great dialogue when you learn to fish. Um, <laughs> you first cast out and nothing happens forever for a really long He's time. Like, you just got to be patient. And you're like, should, your should I try to like, cast again? Am I doing it wrong? Am I in the right spot? He's like, nope, spot's perfect. And then you do get some nibbles. And you're like, do I reel in now? He's like, nope, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> got to wait. And it's, I mean, you could say deeper meaning of patience, but it's just fishing. I actually fell in. I thought you had to, like, reel. So when I, I pressed B and walked forward and fell in, and he says something like, you know, you're supposed to go backwards, right? Because <laughs> I held down, and when you hold down, you go forwards in this sense with the way it's lined up, and you go in, and your character's embarrassed for falling in, and it's really neat that the developer had the sense to make that a thing. There's a few moments like that. Not that I could pull up any specific examples, but there's so many little moments where the game recognizes you've done something you made a goof. Uh, out of the ordinary. You made a goof, yeah, and it recognizes that. I love when video games do that. So, uh, like, yeah, go ahead. 
Oh, no, say your thing. Oh, I was going to go on to the next topic. Oh, yes, please. Okay. So, like, we keep talking about how every character seems to have some kind of a deeper meaning if you read into it, if you like to read into it. The next guy, I think, might not. He just likes breakfast. <laughs> this, this character, legit, is my favorite character in the whole game. I um, really enjoyed what he has to say. He So, I, I told you, I played this game when I was going through some depression, you know, d pandemic, all that. This guy, literally, his attitude made my attitude better. Um, this guy is super excited for breakfast. Uh, the game takes place in the it, afternoon. It's in the afternoon. It's like 2 or 3. Probably evening. I'd say maybe 4 or 5. Mm -hmm. And he is already excited for breakfast the next day. Yeah, because you point out, you're like, you know it's like afternoon. He's like, yeah, I'm just excited. I'm excited. No, he's... So he says, I'm super excited for breakfast. And she's like, breakfast? Did you just wake up? He's like, no, I've been up all day. Why? He's like, well, it's like four o'clock. He's like, oh, well, I'm thinking about tomorrow's breakfast. I'm, I'm, screw you. Breakfast is the best meal of the day. Yeah. And he's just really excited about breakfast. <laughs> I don't know why, but his attitude rubbed off on me in real life. And if I'm ever, if it's past four or five and I'm ever kind of feeling down, I'll just be like, I get to eat breakfast tomorrow, and that'll make me feel a bit better. <laughs> oh, now I'm wondering what I'm going to do for breakfast tomorrow. Thanks very Ooh, much. I'm this doing... morning, I had Nutella toast with bananas on it. Mm. I might do that again tomorrow. I did, I did a PB&J this morning. Tomorrow, I'm going to have some Cheerios. Love a good, love a good bowl of Cheerios. Mm. The best part of waking up are Cheerios in your bowl. Best Unless you drink coffee. Up, Cheerios in your gut. Aha. We got a whole list of characters here. Some of them we don't need to dive too far into. There are some kids running laps, preparing for the marathon. They don't really provide any yeah, crazy yeah. dialogue or anything there. Then there's the ship worker, who clearly represents is it Gulliver? He's like Gulliver. Gulliver from, from Animal Crossing. Yes, he's a pelican on a boat, and that's enough imagery to make you think that if you played Animal Crossing. Mm -hmm. He does a couple things all throughout. He tells you just like, hey, if you're fishing, I like fish. He buys the fish throughout. Mm -hmm. There's an exchange we're going to get to down towards the end of the list that he's involved in as well. But he's just kind of, I'd say, a nod to Animal Crossing and serves as a way to sell your fish. <laughs> yeah, uh, you sell your fish to him. He helps you catalog them too. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it is a bit fun if you ever just have time to kill and you want to spend time in this game. There's all kinds of unique fish to catch, and um, if you've got that completionist itch, it doesn't take too long to go and catch all of them. And that's another thing I want to touch on right here. The, one of the first fish I caught was like an albino trout. <laughs> that was your yes. first one? one? I think it was the second one I caught, and I went to sell it, and he was like, Oh my god, this is an albino trout! I'm like, should I not be selling it? <laughs> I mean, granted, you still get to catalog it, of course, but it was, it was so neat that like, just... On a whim. I didn't catch anything else neat after that. <laughs> didn't really get to spend too much time with it because I was trying to finish the Simpsons hit and run and then dabble with the game we're covering next. But it was it was a pretty neat exchange there. Uh, next, there's a few characters we don't really have much to say on. Like, there's just a kid who tells you how to dive when you're gliding. And mm -hmm. it's basically just you let go of the control stick and you're still gliding, but you go down really fast. And his speed. That's kind of it. Um, and then there's Avery, who has a pretty big role in the game all throughout. Yeah. Would you say? And I'm not talking about my fiance here, who is named Avery. So now you guys know her name. Doxed. 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 Yeah, you know her address and her social now, too. Um, <laughs> just kidding. But Avery is another bird. Avery's another bird. Avery is great. Avery is another one of those characters that you meet throughout the game in different locations. 
um, she always wants to race you. That's all she wants. Not to regular do. racing though. Parkour mm-hmm. racing. Yeah, she's she's adamant that it's parkour racing. She enjoys it more than just regular racing. <laughs> Which I mean, if you've ever done anything that I, this might just be me being a twenty-two-year-old male with an abundance of energy, but like I'll be doing a job and I have something where I'm doing a foundation, doing a termite pretreatment or something, mm-hmm. and I'm running up. And I put one hand on the foundation wall that's like right at my head level, and I like hop over that thing, and I'm like, all I think of is the office scene where they're like parkour, parkour, and I'm just like, <laughs> I'm so cool right now. And if anybody's felt that, they're gonna think I'm so cool, even though they don't. But I can understand the appeal of parkour racing as opposed yeah. to regular racing, even though I do like running fast. Uh, Avery has a really cool mechanic with the racing too, mm-hmm. where um... are you talking the trail? the trail yeah she leaves a trail behind her (laughs) well there's that uh but also you know how racing games usually have like a ghost mode where it's your your personal best is also on the track (laughs) avery is that ghost mode too so anytime you beat her she will take your exact route you used to beat her so if you beat her once to beat her again you're gonna have to really beat yourself I didn't know that. I'd only played each race once. Now I want to go see if I can beat myself. It's going to be tough, too, because I don't think I did good the first times, and I don't think I could do good the second times. But there's a couple of races. Some are just, like, across small stretches of the island, but the last one's the entire, like, all the way to the peak. Yeah. And there's a mechanic we'll get into more where your feathers freeze at the peak, and you can only use them one time. They don't regenerate, basically, until you get to a point where you can regenerate them. And you kind of have to balance being able to ensure that you're going to be able to get to the top of the mountain and still going quickly. And it's really fun going through these races, but I did find myself struggling a little bit at first until I really learned the route and restarting a bunch. But I still enjoyed it. It's fun fun learning a good route to beat her with. Yeah, it's never like immediately going back to the Simpsons Hit and Run, which we just covered, you guys heard about last week. It always feels fair when you may make a mistake or you're not going as fast or you took a bad route. It's always your mistake. Mm-hmm. It's never like the game slighted you. It's like, oh, well, if I do this next time, I can do a little bit better. And I really enjoy everything with that. But there's a couple more NPCs we have to cover on. Uh, the beach stickball players. This is a little mini game that I really enjoyed. I spent probably 20, 30 minutes playing beach <laughs> wow. stickball. Just, just going. Essentially, on the southern part of the island, there is a little bird and another little bird who have, like, a volleyball court, but they just have some sticks and a big beach Mm -hmm. ball. They give me younger cousin vibes. Oh, 100%. They made up this game called Beach Stick Ball, which is literally just hitting a beach ball with a stick on a beach over a net. And it's never like one person wins because the NPC who is playing with you, one of the NPCs keeps score, one of them plays with you. The one who's playing with you never misses, so it's up to you to miss, and you yeah. gotta see how many times back and forth you can hit it. I like that they specifically explain there is no winning. It's, uh, we all win. We're it's just a team trying... effort. Yeah. yeah. We're just trying to see how many times we can hit it. And they let you decide whether or not the serve counts as a point. Yeah. <laughs> That's really neat. Do you... And you get rewards for getting 10, 20, and 30. You get a golden feather, the money in the person's pocket, and then they had a little exchange here. I don't know if you remember this. 
where Claire's like, I, I don't need your money, man. Keep your money. It's a team effort or whatever. He's like, no, my parents are rich. Take my money. Yeah. And you're like, oh, <laughs> okay then. <laughs> and then after 30 hits, you get the baseball hat off the kid's head. And this was what I wore the rest of the game because it's better than the Park Ranger hat because baseball. But uh, yeah. do you know off the top of your head what your high score was in Beach Stickball? Off the top of my head? Definitely 30-something. I've, I've only got... I've gotten the hat once, and then on that same run, I managed to get past 30, but I, I'm not that good, so I couldn't get past that. I wouldn't say I'm that good either, but I sunk a lot of time into it and got an 87. Wow! Yeah. <laughs> what do you... So, do they... It was a lot of jumping up at the net and swinging mid mm. It was. I had a lot of fun with it. If you're watching the YouTube portion of this video, you're probably watching me play beach stick ball right now. It's probably what I'm going to do for most of the recording. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> um, do they have any special dialogue after 30? Wow, you're so good at this. That's basically <laughs> it. But yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. And the last two NPCs we have to cover are coming a pair. Uh, it's the boat <laughs> rental guy and his child. Well, the boat rental part. I think he does say dad, so it is a male. Most yeah. of the characters don't have a specific gender or anything like that, but this is a father and son. The son's so bored, he just wants to do anything. The dad's just reading his book in his shack, mm -hmm. waiting to rent out his boat. And the kid cannot run the boat. He's not allowed to run the boat by himself, but if you go and rent out the boat, you can take the kid with you. And I'd imagine you've done this. You've sunk some time into this game, is that correct? Mm -hmm. Actually, interesting. Uh, I think the boat was a later update. Really? When I first got it, I think they didn't have the boat yet. I'm, I could be lying, though. That's right out of my ass. But um, that's what I'm remembering. Well, yeah, either way, though, you go and you can rent the boat, and the kid, you, you get to just ride around, and it's a lot of fun to go around the island on the boat. I really thoroughly enjoyed this. But then if you talk to the kid, he's like, hey, I set up a boating course. You want to do the mm -hmm. boating course? And it's kind of like you got to go through the flags or whatever like that. And then at one point, there's a ramp. <laughs> I'm going to put the screenshot. I took a screenshot here. You hit the ramp, and both characters in slow motion are like, oh my god, what did we do? This isn't a good idea. <laughs> and like, it shows you them going through the air, and it's it's comical. If you're, watching the, if you're not watching the YouTube portion, I suggest going back and looking at about the 37 and a half minute mark, give or take. It's, just, it's, it's comical what they do here. I don't know if I ever did that with the boat. So yeah, if you hit the ramp, you hit the... They, they're both like, oh my god, I can't believe that happened. But it was so cool! <laughs> and then the boat starts making noises. And I genuinely thought I did something wrong here. And they're all like, oh no, oh no, what's going on? And then they think the boat's not starting and you're stuck out in the, in the water. But then it does turn over, it's just making some noises. I don't think it's supposed to make that noise. Oh no, no, it's fine, it makes noises all the time. It's okay, it's a boat, it makes noises. And they're like, well, well, maybe maybe your dad can take a look at it. Mm, I told your dad I wouldn't hit the ramp, whatever it was. And so then you go to, we're going back to the guy who represents Gulliver from Animal Crossing on the boat. And you go ask him, because he probably knows something about boats, mm -hmm. right? And if you do, he's like, oh yeah, I can take a look at it. It's just this. You guys be safe now. And he fixes your boat. You go to return it. But you're getting away with it behind the father's back. And it's pretty comical there. Hell yeah. And then, yeah, he just fixes your boat. And then after that, if you do the race again, the kid's like, okay, 
in order to do this with being safer and like smart voting practices in mind, you now get penalized 10 seconds every time you hit something. So don't hit stuff. And there's no ramp anymore. <laughs> so it's, 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 it's just so much fun. Stuff like that, though, where other characters get involved with other characters in a very natural, organic way, to me, that's what makes this world feel so much more real than other video games. I mean, that and every NPC feels like a real person, and there's yeah. a lot of interactions between each other's... between each other's... between each other that just feel natural. It feels almost like a real society, like it, everybody knows everybody's small-town vibes. It's when you talk to people, it's not like they only exist to provide gameplay to you like when you talk to the little girl at the start and she just demands shells you know <laughs> a lot of video games i feel like they would come up with some convoluted side story mission and be like i'm using need... the shells to do this yeah she's i like, need no. you to collect 10 shells for me please and she's like no i just like shells thanks yeah. for the shells <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 a lot of fun i mean every npc whether they're facing a problem and need some help they just want to get something off their chest, or they want to share something with you. It all feels like genuine, real interactions you could possibly have, and mm -hmm. I absolutely love it. Everything about it, I just love it. <laughs> it's all so good, and the writing complements each character. It's it's just so good. There's just so much heart and charm to it. <laughs> I mean, going back to Breakfast Kid, you're telling me you've never met a 12-year-old who just says, no, I really just like cheese, man. <laughs> cheese is just so good. Like, that. this reminded me of, like, a 12-year-old cousin who's like, dude, I can't wait for breakfast. And you're like, dude, it's 5.30 in the evening. Why do you want breakfast? You're like, dude, breakfast is the best. I just really like breakfast. You know what I mean? It's, it's just so good. We've both brought up cousins now. One thing about this game that just does it for me. So for me, I, 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 I moved out of state away from most of my family when I was about 11, you know, and mm -hmm. I've just, we never moved back. So I've always been apart from most of my family. This game had, has given me almost the same vibes as a family reunion of just everyone is friendly. It, for some reason, it feels like everyone knows each other. Everyone acts like they already know you. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, yeah, just about everybody is friendly, but there's one character we didn't touch on. He wasn't on my list. I don't know why I didn't put him there. The guy who bought all the golden feathers from the ranger. Oh, yeah. Do you want to go back and cover him real quick? God, well, so I love that kid. I I can't... Well, I already, damn it, I already said I love him, so spoilers. When you first meet him, he's an ass. He's, yeah, he's, he's charging you... He's charging you 100 coins for the golden feathers when the ranger was charging you, like, 10. Yeah, and then when you... <laughs> Well, the thing is, if you try to buy more feathers from the ranger, because he only sells you, like, one or two, two he's like, yeah. oh, some kid bought all of them from me. So it's obviously that kid who bought them all from the ranger just to upsell them. And you're kind of like, a hundred? That's, like, more than triple what the ranger sells them for. He's like, well, should have bought them from the ranger. Well, he's sold out. Guess I'm your only option, then. Eventually, you, you buy, you buy enough feathers. feathers from him. I think he sells you four. Yeah, which is just a ridiculous amount of money. takes <laughs> takes a while, but of course... A lot of, a lot of digging. <laughs> a lot of digging. You're happy to do it anyways. Uh, you finally buy all the feathers, though, and... I forgot, is there anything else you do, or is that when he opens up to you? You get to ask him why he's yeah. doing this. Why did you buy all the feathers and sell them at a profit, basically? Yeah, and then he explains that he's actually going to college and he can't 
afford everything right now, so he has to buy these feathers to be able to afford college. And then he's, and then you're like, well, how much do you still need for tuition? No, I need this much coins or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's like, I got this watch. I'm gonna try to sell, but if you don't sell, if you if you can get me the coins, I'll give the watch back or whatever. It's a watch you found, I think. Yeah. yeah. And then he gives you the watch after you do turn in the coins. And the guy who was looking for the watch near the ranger takes the watch and you get a silver feather from him at that point. Yeah. And the silver feathers are very different from the golden feathers, which we haven't really even touched on at this point. In the sense that they basically slow the rate at which your golden feathers deplete. And it's really cool. Yeah, so every silver feather makes all of your golden feathers better. Yes. And I only found two of them, I think. But we've got to touch on the golden feathers a little bit better. We've mentioned uh-huh. them several times now. But the way they work is they are basically your stamina. You did mention them. I don't yeah. know why I'm saying we didn't. They're basically your stamina meter, and they're found all throughout. They're like the only real collectible throughout. It's that and the fish and coins. This is, um, for me, a, th- a problem I have with a lot of collectible games is collectibles, a lot of them end up just needing to be collected and that's it like why do i collect them to collect them yes i love when a game like a short hike gives you these collectibles that feed back into your gameplay to me that is the ultimate way to do a collectible is to you you want to collect them because your game is going to be more fun and it's going to make it more fun to find even more of the collectibles mm-hmm. you know and I will say it does it loop. does one hundred percent work that way. Once you get like ten golden feathers, you can fly pretty pretty darn high mm-hmm. without having any other precursors or anything. You can just anywhere you are, you can press the button to fly repeatedly and fly almost directly up into the air, and then you can glide from there. And the way the gliding works is phenomenal. It's a slow, steady fall, and you can go any direction you'd like. And just take in the views, which I really want to talk about here. The imagery and the scenery and everything visual about this game is beautiful. Yes. The the uh, the, the island is in, like, eternal autumn. Yes. And it's, it's just, like, that perfect environment. It all looks so good. I, I wish I could really do it justice, but I'm about two beers deep at this point. <laughs> I can't explain it, but I just know I love it. The lighting and the shadows make everything feel so peaceful. It's You're perpetually in the golden hour, mm-hmm. and it's it's just so nice. And the way they do the wind lines, I really like that. It reminded me of Wind Waker. If you listen to the podcast, you know that's my favorite game. Speaking of, if you're still listening at this point, rate, review, like, subscribe, follow, whatever it may be. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm. But it's just everything's so good. Whoever made this, maybe this is why I like the game so much. You can tell that whoever made this game just likes all the same games that we do. Oh yeah. Uh, there's Wind Waker in it. There's Animal Crossing. There's there's so much influence from it seems like those games in the early two thousands kind of GameCube era. I wonder. Now I've got to Google this. You can keep... We we never really finished the story. <laughs> we just kind of went into the NPCs because they are a big part of what becomes the story. Oh, shoot. Yeah, yeah. But the Let's... journey is to go up to the top of the mountain here to try to get cell service. And your whole goal... You is a whole part of that. Yeah. Um, so the, the guy you meet who's selling you those feathers, he's kind of like the gate to the upper part of the mountain. There's two clear sections of the mountain, the lower area where it's all nice and fun, and the top area where it's cold and icy. When it's cold and icy, your feathers freeze instead of regenerating. So you have to be very careful about how you use them as you go up, which is 
another great use of game mechanics. It limits what you get used to earlier on in the game so that you're given this challenge in the form of um, your abilities being taken away. I just, that's such a great way of doing it. So I'm looking up the developer right now. I agree mm -hmm. with you. I love the way that they make the story work. But the developer, while I cannot find his direct age quickly on a Google search, he doesn't look much older than us, if I had to guess. Um, about our age. He, he probably looks maybe 25, if I had to guess. Maybe a little bit older. Maybe a little mm -hmm. bit younger. I'm terrible at guessing ages. Doesn't really matter. He looks like the kind of guy who is way older than he looks. Yes, he could be 21, he could be 31, and I cannot tell you where he lies. But I'm very happy. He is on Twitter. Oh, bro. Let's he follow him. Is, I, I may. He's going to get a follow from the Analog Sticks account, because that's the one I'm logged into on this PC. He is followed. <laughs> Happened live on the podcast. You guys were a part of it. That's cool. Yo, his Twitter pictures are showing a game that's not a short hike is he working on something else oh i don't know it's a lot of a short hike promos and stuff it's cool he's doing a collector's edition oh my god Yo, you guys oh. heard it here live there is a collector's edition this is from yesterday at 11 oh my god hold on hold on we're reading this out loud this ready for a hike stoked to announce our partnership with adam Griu to finally bring you a short hike, a cute open world adventure available for the Switch, physical for the first time, <gasps> limited with six thousand copies. Sale starts on August sixth at six p.m. BST. I don't know what BST Super is, but it's sometimes so. they're only doing six thousand. It looks like also four thousand standard oh. editions, fifteen hundred limited collectors editions. I know where Cody's next paycheck's going. I, I don't. I don't have a next paycheck. I'm a student. Oh, oh man! Well, it I know where JoJo's next paycheck's going. <laughs> JoJo, I know you love me. <laughs> no, I'm just Doc's JoJo now too. They both got Doc's. Oh shoot! <laughs> that's, that's not a real name. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. All right, <laughs> we got to get back into this one. So yeah, check out the special edition. It'll be available. Oh my gosh! Before, not, it'll probably be sold out by the time this episode. Not launches. only by the game, but by the special edition. Wait, is that a vinyl of the soundtrack? Yes, it's a vinyl of the oh. OST. <laughs> oh my gosh. The, Cody's excited. I think I just made your evening. I'm nutting. <laughs> Let's go ahead and finish up the story. We are cutting it a little close on time here. So you're working your way up the mountain. You get through your... You got the, feeding, uh -huh. the freezing feathers mechanic. <laughs> you eventually do get to the top. You meet the fox up there and all that. Mm -hmm. And you get to see the Aurora Borealis, the yep. Northern Lights, and it is beautiful. The it's... graphic work here is impressive. Yeah, it's this beautiful, quiet moment. Y your character, you get to soak in the journey you just had as she also looks up at the lights. But then, after a bit of moments of silence... You get to really soak it in. Get and, to then, and then suddenly there's a ring your phone rings and it's like oh my god so not only is the whole game her trying to forget her worries in the process you also forget about the cell phone at least i did and so when it rings again um it, it's really fun oh, yeah, we were we were doing that <laughs> it's so fun to me, as the player, have the exact same reaction as Claire, the character, of, oh my gosh, I just remembered this. And um, I was reading a lot on, like, just people's blog posts and whatnot about the game. I was doing some research behind the scenes a little bit, 
And a lot of them are like, I came into this with the hopes of beating the game to cover it on this blog, and I quickly forgot that I was trying to beat a game and just enjoy the experience. And that's kind of what everybody with this game is going to have. You're going into it just trying to get through, and then you end up diving into it, and just the vibes take over. <laughs> and it's just so much fun. So much fun. But you get this phone call, and who's on the other end? Your mother, the person who brought you to the island, and, and the person who you've been worrying about this whole time, it's revealed. We didn't know why Claire wanted to be on the phone. I just mm -hmm. assumed she was just a bratty little kid who wanted to be playing on her phone or whatever. I don't know if I'm the only one that made that assumption, but you quickly realize through her dialogue she's not just some bratty kid, but you've forgotten about the phone call at that point. Yeah. You realize that Claire's... A good person, well, good bird. <laughs> In it, so it turns out this entire game, the whole time, has actually been slowly filling a sack with emotional bricks. And that cell phone is the game <laughs> finally picking up that sack of bricks and just smacking you across the face with it. Um, That's they a just, great analogy, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they just drop it right on you. Turns out your mom has been having medical issues and just had surgery, and that Claire has been worried to death about and she's like, whether or not her mom is even going to make it. And she's, I, I wish I could have been there, all that stuff. She's like, I'm okay, I'm glad you had a great day, sounds like you had a really good time, all mm -hmm. that stuff. And then an updraft starts behind you, and she's like, and you're like, oh, what? You're like, oh, is that the updraft on top of the mountain? Because this was the mountain your mother and her sister spent a lot of time on as children and they really yeah, experienced like it the island has generations through generational generations. family meaning to them and it's just she's like oh you're gonna want to you're gonna want to take that mm -hmm. like the, the, i'm okay don't worry about me the emotional burden is gone go enjoy this it's one of the few great experiences out there and you hit this updraft and send you up in the air. And this is one of the most amazing experiences I've had in any video game in the any past few game. years. Because you just get to view everything you've been through, the whole mountain. And these graphics are phenomenal. You get to see every detail and every little nook and cranny and everything you've missed on this island to this point. What I did was I went up and just essentially corkscrewed like, down mm -hmm. the mountain repeatedly and just looking at everything and really taking in every step of the journey you've taken and it was a phenomenal experience i keep saying that it, it i can't stress how much i like this game it's always incredible when a video game can give you a significant moment like that and it doesn't have to tell you that it's significant it all it has all this game has to do is just show it to you it, it knows how good it is you know yeah and it's oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm so glad you turned me on to this game. <laughs> like, I didn't know it existed until... I mean, I probably knew it existed, but didn't know anything about it until a couple weeks ago. I remember when I first got the game, it was free on Epic Games, um, and I had zero expectations, and I was, I was not ready for how good it was. And it was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> but once you do eventually glide down to the end of the mountain, or you get stop somewhere and just pick up where you left off exploring or finding something you missed you eventually then get to go talk to your aunt may because your mother says oh go say hi to her let her know i'm okay whatever it might be and you go to tell your aunt what you've done today 
and you just kind of recap everything. She's like, and, and Claire's all excited, telling her aunt, oh, I'm a beach stickball champion. I'm the best in the world. I found a money rock out there. She's like, oh, and I found a money rock. She's like, okay, well, now you're just making stuff up. Money rocks are a West Coast thing. You know, it's, <laughs> you know, it's funny. What you tell your aunt you did entirely depends on how you played it. Yes, so, it tells well, you everything you've done. Yeah, so, like, for me... Of course, again, I can't remember the exact stuff, but it, I, I don't think I got the money rock when I played it. No, I got the money rock, After but that, later. Yeah. So it wasn't in my little list of things, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that The game has lots of little cool things like that where it's very... You're going to get a different experience through your own gameplay, you know? Yeah, like you can mention the parkour, racing, whatever it may be. Whatever you get done is what your character is reflecting on at the end of the adventure, which mm-hmm. is kind of the same as what you do. And then you get the option, like, are you going to go back out or are you going to go to bed? Oh, I've had a long day. I'm going to bed. I'll be back tomorrow or something like that. I went to bed because I wanted to see what it said and then came back and finished exploring. I still had a lot to do. And I love this game. <laughs> Any closing thoughts before we wrap this one up? We are getting close on time. Um, I don't think I do. I think I've... We've just been expressing our main thought through the whole thing, which is how much we love it. Oh, I, we didn't touch on the music. It's at the very bottom of my sheet. That's on me. And you might have the audience, you guys here, you guys and gals, you might have an, an idea of how good the music is based off my reaction of seeing the vinyl for it. <laughs> the fact that they made a vinyl for the soundtrack. It is it's, such a good soundtrack. I can't do it justice because I don't understand how music works. I just know I like Led Zeppelin. <laughs> the music really struck a chord with me. It evolves the higher you climb. Different areas not have their own themes, but it changes depending on where you've been. And always they're using these kind of different... I can't explain it. it has, I can't explain it. Has it has Animal Crossing vibes. I like the piano. Piano good. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it does have a lot of Animal Crossing vibes. It's not like hourly music or anything crazy like that. But it always... There's never a point where, like, if you stop playing, you're going to be like, what what song is this? No, it's like, I wow, this is a good song. Always. Now we want that vinyl. We're looking at it right now. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm genuinely, like, I'm actually broke now. I've run out of money. I'm thinking about where can I scrounge up enough money to buy that vinyl? Because I kind of Do we click it. the link? How much is it? Super rare games. I don't know. Let's find out. We're going to click this link. This is how we're finishing this one out. If it's, like... The 60 bucks for I don't, the, the oh, game. Oh, 35. 35. 35.50. I was, I was ready to drop 60 bucks on this. This is for game. the rare, only 6,000 copies. The cover art is phenomenal. I don't like the super rare logo, but that's just me. It's That's so cool. 35.50. They only have 45. Oh, this is the regular version, though. I can't afford it, but I'm buying it. <laughs> this is the regular version. Where's the. Deluxe the one. whole bundle. Oh no, that's three game bundle. We don't want that. We don't want you might also like. Where is how do? Hold on. Every, each purchase includes the following items: fully assembled switch cartridge, interior art, full color manual. You get a sticker and trading cards. But where's the soundtrack? Go to the door, it's... maybe. Coming soon. Oh, here it is. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't think you're going to be bucks. able to get the collector's edition. Dude, 100 bucks? This is a perfect time. We're advertising for this game. <laughs> the special edition. What does this include? I hate that I, I'm I'm not 
revulsed by that price tag. I, I really think I love this it. game. I'm not going to spend that much on it. So the collector's edition, the limited 1500 copy release. So if you guys are hearing this, there's a chance it may still available be available at this point, but it's coming out well after the fact because this is going to mm-hmm. be coming out the Sunday after this has happened. It comes with the collector's edition box, the fully assembled Nintendo Switch game with cartridge. A 46-page retro-style guidebook of Hawk's Peak. Four sticker sheets of the animals and plants found on Hawk's Peak. A poster fold-out map. A pocket-sized mini-map. The CD of the OST. It's not a vinyl. A full set of trading cards, including mirror card. You get a pin badge, postcards, and a sticker. Cody's gushing. (laughs) <laughs> I wish I wish we had the camera this, on right now. This game really means a lot to me. So. The manual looks uh, awesome, honestly. It like looks the like big uh, that's so fun. It looks like an old school video game manual. It looks this looks more like like the kind you read the book? all the way home from buying. Well, a video that's game. the manual. Like, I'm talking about the big guidebook here. That looks like something you'd see at the counter at GameStop. Oh, you're buying Twilight Princess. Oh, like this book only, yeah, this book's only twenty dollars. My dad used to get those all the time. He would 100% every game he played. He got one dad, for I know you're... Wild, right? No, I don't think he did. He, mm. he, I don't know. He doesn't have a Switch, so I doubt he did. He's only played it on mine. But, Dad, since I know you're listening, shout-outs to you for always buying the book. <laughs> <laughs> always bought the book. I remember when I was, like, I was probably, like, 10, maybe, and I was playing Pokemon Platinum, and we're trying to decide, do I want Pokemon... What was what was it? Heart Gold... With the Poke Tracker, which all my friends were using oh, at the time. Oh, dude, yeah. Or did I want Pokemon Platinum with the book? I could get one or the other. And I'm like, I want the tracker so I can walk with my friends. <laughs> my dad's like, book's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> Long story short, I got the book. And I ended up, luckily, all my friends were playing on that same fourth gen. They were playing Diamond and Pearl. I was playing Platinum so mm-hmm. I could trade with them and all that stuff. But I had the book, so I was cooler. <laughs> I had Pearl. That was mine. I never had the tracker, though. I wasn't fortunate enough. Yeah, and I was never huge into Pokemans, so... I I was coming into it later than all my friends, but still had fun with that, so... Yeah. That's a short hike, though. I mean, anything else you're dying to get off your chest here? We we got that to an hour. I'm I'm not surprised. As much as I love the game, I'm surprised. I was thinking... It's so short. I was like, are we gonna be able to fill up an hour? In theory, you could have beaten this game, like, 20 times... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, though, I could probably talk about this game for a good three or four hours. Not that it'd be very interesting. <laughs> I mean, who knows if this episode is interesting. It might end up like the Billy Hatcher, but either way, we're glad we covered it. We hope you guys are glad we covered it. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much for listening, though. If you haven't already, I've told you twice now, rate, review, like, follow, subscribe, whatever it may be. Comment, tell us, You say word for word if you don't have anything else to say. A short hike good. Yes. Word for word, and I will like your comment. You will get the heart next to it. It's This game means a lot to me. Um, if it means a lot to you, please, I encourage you to, to let me know about it in the comments. Tell me what it means to you, and I for sure will come in and give you a nice, good response. Um, really engage with you. All uh, right. It's just... Oh such a good game well that's gonna wrap up this week's episode of the analog sticks podcast thank you guys very much for sticking with us through this one and we will see you next week on analog sticks peace bye-bye